Donna looked over at me a few moments ago. She said, good crowd for a rainy Sunday morning. Amen. I want the rain of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To fall on me. Praise God. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Are you glad you're here? Amen. Give God one more praise offering. That's fun. Just getting ready for the real thing. I tell you, that's, that's good. Praise God. Man, what a good day to be in the house of the Lord. I, I, I'm pumped about what God has been doing over the past few weeks and through this series we've been talking about, and we'll get into some of those things. But man, it's been great. I've been getting feedback and, and some great praise reports about how the Holy Spirit's been doing some things in, in lives. And uh, man, it just, it just gets me jacked up as a pastor. So praise God for that. He's doing some cool stuff. Before we get into the Word, I just want to hit a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, all the fellas. Call the fellas, let me know you're in the house this morning. I almost said y'all sound like a bunch of girls, but is there any fellas in the house and you know you're fellas and you ain't got to ask, you ain't got to ask nobody if you're a fella, you know you're a fella. If you know it, man, don't forget this Tuesday we're going to be celebrating one of our um, uh, young, young men who are taking the plunge and uh, <laughs> Just, just come out. We're going to have a time of celebration. How about that? I would, I would say it's the rehearsal. It's rehearsal, honey. Where we are. We're just getting ready for the rehearsal. But this will celebrate one of our young men getting uh, married. Uh, so all the fellas will come out. Orchard Park location, our offices uh, for uh, two shower, time to eat, fellowship, hangout. Don't miss that. It's going to be a good time. I'll listen to Bulletin. Don't forget that. Um, and that'll be good. I also want to make a real important announcement. <clears throat> this gets me excited. I love doing this kind of stuff right here that we're getting ready to do. Used to not really get into this too much, but now I, I feel like there is something that happens through connection. The, the Bible talks about being rooted and connected and planted in the house of God so that you can flourish in his courts. And I believe that's so important. So uh, God's just been showing me that, the importance of membership and getting connected to the local body. So October 4th, the first Sunday in October, we're going to be taking in receiving new members in to Faith Renewed. And uh, so if you are interested in doing that, we want you to get connected. I believe that again. It's very important. Can Faith Renewed let those who are thinking about getting connected, let them know you want them? Can you let them know that? <clears throat> and that you should be connected to this house. I believe that's very important. I love the story that one of our uh, one of our new families who've been well, I say new, they've been here for a while, but haven't haven't joined us through membership yet. But we'll be doing that on October fourth. They uh, one, the, the day I come up and tell me this, and I tell you, I just I praise God for it because I believe that should be the heartbeat of any pastor in the church. I believe it's the heartbeat of God. Is this? He came up and said, uh, "Pastor, we're going to be joining. We're excited and all these sorts of things." But when he were talking to their children, they sat down and began to share the importance of membership and what they were going to be getting connected to and what that entails and what they'll be doing as members and serving and doing different things. And, and uh, the daughter asked the dad, said, well, I thought we were already members. And uh, he said, well, no, we're not members yet. She said, well, I thought we were. He said, no, honey, we're not members yet. She said, well, they treat us like we are. And I said, praise God. Amen. That's good. That's a good place. So I, I like that. I said, that might be on a billboard one day. We might see that on a billboard. But that's good. That's some words of, of wisdom right there. And so I believe this is a place where you'll get treated like a member and, uh, and, and be loved on. If you don't have a church home, I encourage you to be praying about that. There are forms. And I want you to do this today if you are here and you're thinking about it. Uh, go by our info table as you leave. There's a form there. It just shares about the membership and what we ask as members and what you're getting connected to. And again, it's it's, it's, it's biblical, everything we do, and, and uh, I believe you'll be blessed by getting connected to the local body and, and really getting planted so you can flourish and grow and uh, begin to be all that God has for you to be. Amen. 
I believe that's very important. So again, please, I encourage you to do that if you're thinking about it. Uh, do this also on the back of the bulletin. If you have any questions at all, there, uh, my name, my number, email, all those things are on there. If you have any questions about membership, I want you to, uh, I want you to feel free to open up and ask. And so that's why I want to get these things in your hands early, prepare you for what you're getting connected to uh, in a good way, and uh, so you can just get in and be a part of what God's doing in this place. So he's doing some, some exciting things. Uh, first time guest, you've been greeted once. I want to do it again from the stage. We love you and we appreciate you and thank you for being here. Don't we faith your new? Don't we love them? Amen. Amen. Well, let's do this. Take your Bibles, turn with me to, if you would, to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. I'm <clears throat> going to get into some word this morning. He hadn't let me preach for a little while, so I got a lot in me. I got to get out. I'm going to try to get it in. I may talk a little faster than normal, in which I talk pretty fast already. So take good notes. Go home and listen to it again online today after we get it posted, and uh, make sure you get all this word in you, because it's some good stuff. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. When you got it, say amen. amen. Boy, y'all good. Y'all good. Let's read it together. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I want to read that first part, and I want you to read this with me. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Say it again with me. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Let's pray. God, thank you for this word. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for, for providing a place where we can come together as God's people and lift up the only wise king, the king of kings. And we just give glory to you once again. We give honor to your holy name. We praise you for what you're doing. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and we just, just want to take a moment once again. Thank you for being our friend, the one who comes along beside us and who's with us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in our midst today. We give you thanks for it all, God. Thank you for letting Clemson win and South Carolina win. We give you praise for that once again in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I praise God for that. This is, I tell you, I've never got into sports too much along that line. I have other sports. I enjoy UFC and, and killing and eating things. And that's just something I enjoy doing. That's just, don't get mad at me if you're against that. That's just what my sport. But as a pastor, I've started praying for Clemson of South Carolina. Really have, because uh, last week both of them got defeated, and you'd have thought, I mean, we didn't lost our best friend here last week. I praise God that last week the Holy Spirit just took over and did his thing, because y'all would have been a tough crowd last week. I'm telling you, y'all would have been a hard crowd. I would have gotten no amen out of anybody, but thank God that they, they won this week. So praise God. I hope your team did, if that's not one of yours. But either way, God's still God. Amen? He's still on the throne. Praise God for that. But God has been doing some good things, and I want to get in there and brag on him and talk about him in just a minute. Before I do that, I want to just say happy birthday to my lovely, lovely, beautiful, talented bride, the one who makes my liver quiver, puts a little glide in my stride and a little pep in my step, man, my wife. Give my wife a hand, and it's her birthday. Praise God for that. Blessed me with another year, and my niece. So, uh, I mean, she, my, my niece was blessed to be born on my wife's birthday. So, uh, so that's just, there's something in that. But uh, again, I love my wife. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. And um, I've seen several anniversaries and different things going on this week. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. If I miss your birthday, happy birthday. And if there's several more, we'll get to praise them up here and sing happy birthday to you. If we got several more, so let me know before the end of the service. But uh, I'm excited, man. God's been doing some cool things. And through this series... We've been opening up our minds and our hearts to what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit. How many understood and is understanding more and more through this? I pray that you are. 
how real the Holy Spirit is. Just, just slide to Anna if you believe that. That he is a reality that we can have in our life. And, and we've, we've spent some time and we've put some stuff in you. We've put some word in, in, in your heart through this. And, and we're learning that he is, he is the Holy Spirit. He is the one who shows up and, and takes over and does uh, moves and, 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 and flows in our life. And did things like he did last week. And, and some of the things we reflect on. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that the promise God sent is a reality that we can experience and encounter as long as that experience is based on truth. And so as a result, we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the, and, and the Holy Spirit is a powerful force. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about him. We've looked at the different aspects of him. And, and it's why this couldn't be one message, but it had to be a series of messages. And, and, and as we look at all the different sides of him, I believe that Jessica was bragging on one side of the Holy Spirit, the one who is our advocate, the one who speaks on our behalf and who sets up and puts people in position and sets the judge in the right place and sets the lawyer in the right place and who speaks on our behalf. He does all these things for us. In John chapter 16, we looked at and we talked about how the Holy Spirit is our counselor. Amen. He is the one who's with us. He is a friend. And what's really great is, and I love it, I love all the different sides of the Holy Spirit and what he does and all the reasons that he comes into our life and the reality that he represents. But one of the neatest, most awesome things, and it really never hit me until I began to study for this series, how powerful this one statement is and what it means when the Holy Spirit said that he will come and be our helper. Man, Bill, think about that for a moment. Our helper. And we broke it down and we looked at it and, and, we, and we understood that the helper is the paraclete. It's the one who's called along beside us. And so think about this for just a moment. There is a God, the Holy Spirit, who is with us and who is walking right along beside us. And in every situation that we go into, when we understand the power of his spirit and we walk in the spirit, things are, things are beginning to take place in our life. We can't explain. We don't understand. It's just like, man, I felt like somebody was with me. And as you understand it, there was. As you go into a situation, man, I feel like somebody was holding my hand. He will. And when you feel like somebody, man, something just lifted off me. That's the Holy Spirit that is doing this in our life and is removing these things. And so it is such a powerful force. And so as we go into and as we look at all the sides of what the Holy Spirit does, John 16 talks about him being our convictor. The one who convicts us. Now that one don't get many shouts and get many amens, but the Holy Spirit is the one who will walk along beside us. Have you ever been in a situation and you ever gone into something and something's been placed before you, there's a temptation there, something's going on, and you just feel something saying, nah, don't go there. There's just a convicting force that's saying what you need to do is keep your eyes right here and do this thing. Am I by myself? Am I, am I by myself? Can we be real? I know it's church and we're getting ready for the dress rehearsal and God's getting ready to come back, but we can be real in the meantime. That, but the Holy Spirit will convict us and he'll be our friend and he does all these things for us and, and, and it's so exciting. But today I want to take a few moments and get into why I feel and why I believe the main reason the Holy Spirit was sent to this earth. All these others are great byproducts. All these other things are things that we should experience. And all these other things are what we should be walking in with a counselor, with a friend, with an advocate, with the one who convicts. And, and he goes on to say in John 16 that he's our guide, the one who will lead us and guide us and direct us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is all these things. But as I begin to look at this scripture, I believe, and I believe I can show you today and back this up, why the most important reason that the Holy Spirit is coming to our life. 
He said this in Luke 24, 49. I skipped John 16, Tim. I, had to, I got a lot to get in. Luke 24, 49 says this. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That was Jesus who's speaking to his disciples and letting them know, I'm leaving this place. I'm leaving this planet. You're not going to be able to track me down and find me when you go through a situation. You're going to need something else. You're going to need that helper, that friend, all these things. So what I'm going to send to you is a promise. It's the Holy Spirit. And he said this. He said that you will be endued with power. The word endued there literally means to be clothed and to put on. And I tell you, more than ever before, as I believe as we are getting ready and as things are coming to an end, whether for the whole body of Christ or for us individuals, we live each day longer on this earth, we're coming to an end. We are. We're coming to an end. We're coming in contact with people who's coming to an end. And so as we get in this place, I believe it's so important that we get endued with power from on high, that we can be clothed in that thing. And I tell you, it's a, it's, it's a powerful thing to know that you're walking around and you got the Holy Spirit enclosed and wrapped around you. When you understand that you can go up into some, into some situation and be bold for Christ. When you understand that you can go into a place and do things that you've never thought you could do. It's an amazing thing. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said this, that we're endued. We're clothed. We're, we're empowered. And he goes on in Acts 1.8, we read this today, that as a result of us being endued, we will come down and be empowered. For what reason? To be his witness. Now, I'm going to challenge today and, and get into some stuff. Tim, put that first statistics up there for me if you would. Why this is so important I'm thankful. Again, the Holy Spirit is what gave us the freedom to experience what we just felt a few moments ago through worship. And I love that, man. And again, it's so exciting to think about it. It's powerful. But it is so important now that he gave us this gift so that we can go into now and for him do this work. This is what we're dealing with just in South Carolina. Just in SC, just right here where we're at today, South Carolina's population, this was in July of 2008, and again, they're saying we're growing and and the world's becoming more populated. In in July of 2008, there were 4,479,800 people in South Carolina, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Just think think for that for just a moment. Four million people around us. That's some folk. That's some people. That, that, that is a lot of people who I, I, I'm, I'm, that I'm praying that God will show me that have souls. They're going to end up somewhere one day in a place called heaven or hell. That's heavy. But, but think, in 2005, it's the closest statistic I could find, said this. It said that 22.7 of the population in South Carolina attended a Christian church on any given weekend. 22.7%. They said that's going down as the numbers of folks come up. Just, just to get our eyes open for a moment, how real this is. It, 22%. So almost 80% of the world out there that we're looking at just in South Carolina alone is an open mission field that Faith United Outreach Center should be taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to. That we should be taking the good news. You missed a place to say amen, church. You missed a great spot. Because here's what it says. 17.7 of the population in America attends a Christian church on any given weekend. 
<clears throat> so as we go outside of South Carolina, it gets even worse. We're in the Bible Belt, dog. We're all up in this thing. We, it, we're everybody, either, either you know, you go to church or if your grandparents went to church or whatever, so you, you go to that church whether you go or not. So, I mean, you know, again, but the reality is 22% or whatever are only ones attending church, a Christian church on Sunday morning. So think about it for just a second. So as I begin to put these things together, I heard a quote that lit me up. They got me jacked up, and I hope it will for you. Tim, put that quote up there. It says this. It said, how much does a so-called Christian have to hate you if they really believe in Jesus, heaven, and hell in an afterlife and never tell you about it? Now, if that was just me making the quote and not, not, my, not quoting someone or making you think that was from me, if I got up here and said that, how much do we as so-called Christians have to hate those that we really, if we really believe in Jesus, heaven and hell in an afterlife and never tell them about it? That would probably get some amens or some old me's or something. Amen? <clears throat> so just think about it. But as I read this and as, I, as the story goes on, this is not your local pastor making the statement. This is not your local evangelist. This is not a, a television evangelist who's getting up there making the statement and challenging the people out in, in, in the world that he's ministering to. Uh, this is not somebody on the side of the street, even though it sounds like it might be one of those who may hold the sign and, and, and give you one of them as you're trying to get into the Gaither concert at the Bilo Center. You know what I'm talking about. You know, just whatever it is. But, sorry. But just, it sounds like one of those things. But listen, Tim, hit that next slide. And I want you to look at who made this statement. Anybody recognize these guys? Repent after church, you know. Penn and Teller. Tall guy's name is Penn Leggett, and uh, he is one of the most outspoken atheists in America. He's made no, no bones about what he believes, and it's not Christ. He doesn't believe in these things. But Penn, the big tall guy, he's the only one tall anyway, the other guy doesn't say anything, but Penn made this statement, and, and this is one of his video blogs, and he, he, he made this statement, and he said what, what I just quoted to you, because after one of his shows one day, he said that they were greeting the people and greeting the fans and signing autographs, and he said that he had someone come up to him and handed him a Bible, had a little note in it, and said, I just want to tell you that appreciate your show, it was funny, or whatever it is, but I feel like I'm supposed to give you something. And he began to share his testimony. He began to share his faith with Penn. <clears throat> with Penn. And he knew this about Penn. He knew that Penn was an atheist. Again, he's, he's been very outspoken about what he believes. And Again, I guess we could hang out there as well. There's a lot of people who outspoken about their own thing. Amen? When we should be very outspoken about our Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that. But he comes up, and this man begins to share his faith with Penn and begins to tell him. And as I begin to look back, and he was reflecting his thoughts later, he said this. He said that he wasn't even slightly irritated when the man shared his faith. He said what troubled him and irritated him even more, that someone sharing a deeply, deeply held faith in God was a man or woman that claimed to have a deep faith about a risen Savior or an everlasting afterlife of heaven and hell, but thought so little about the people they never told him about it. I don't get too jacked up, too happy. He didn't give his heart to the Lord right then, and things haven't changed. But I believe this. I believe there's been some word put in that guy. Amen. I believe somebody put a seed in him. And I think as God's people, we should pray that seed grows and, and watch how he could affect and change the world. But he makes these statements, and he goes on to say this. And I'm like, man, this guy's more passionate about what he believes than we are as a church are sometime. And he goes on to say this. He said, if I thought 
If I thought that someone I knew was on a course, head on, walking down a road, and there was a big transfer truck coming towards them, if I really believed that they were going to be hit by that transfer truck, I would do everything that I could to get them off that road. I would do everything that I could. I, I would come down and he said, I would tackle them if I had to. And he said, and how much more? Again, I think he's starting to see it. How much more important is this if it really existed? I know that's a little heavy and that's some strong words, but think for just a moment. Do we really believe in the God we're serving? Do the God we lifted up and praised and, and honored, and I believe we do, but do we believe in it so much that we're going to do whatever it takes to share that good news with others? Campus Crusade for Christ put out a statement that said this. It said that 97% of evangelical Christians will go to their grave without ever sharing their faith one time. Ninety-seven percent of evangelical Christians will go to their grave without ever sharing their faith one time. And again, this is not a condemnation message. This is a challenge message. This is for us to go somewhere because we got so much that needs to be done. And as you look around, it just seems like we've been hit more and more with media with different folks who are popular and who are stars who are passing on. Michael Jackson has been on every station now more than he was when he was moonwalking. I mean, it's on everything coming and going. Uh, Patrick Swayze and Farrah Fawcett and all these different people and Steve Manier. I mean, it, all these things have been going on. But what that says to me is this. Every person, regardless of what we have, regardless of what we don't have in the natural, every person who stands on this earth and breathes in and breathes out, one day that breath's going to stop on this earth. Every person in this room, every one of us are going to come to a place to where we, we, we take our last one on this earth and we breathe it out and we never receive another. And again, let us see today why God gave us this gift. He said, I'm going to give you power to be my witness. He said, I'm, I'm going to give you power to be my witness. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to take you to a place and you're going to be bold about this thing. Because here's what I see. And again... I, as, as a pastor and as I see new believers come in, it's so important that we're doing Barnabas and we're getting people to sign up. And please, if you've been a new believer, we encourage you to, uh, about that often. Get signed up for this. But what happens a lot of time is you see someone come in. They give their life to Christ. Something happens and something changes. And they get pumped up about what happened in their life. And they begin to tell people about it. I love new believers. New believers get me jacked up. That's why I'm praying. That's the life of the church, that, that we go out and bring them in and new believers come in. But this is the sad thing. What happens a lot of times when they come in, they get pumped up, their life's changed, they realize they're no longer going to hell, but they're going to heaven, and they can have a good time all the way there if they hang out here long enough. They, they, will, they will begin to tell others. But what takes place is, it seems like the more and more that they hang around the church, the quieter and quieter they get about their faith. Mm. Thank you, one person, for saying amen. The, 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 as they get into this thing for a little while, they start looking around, and they, they're hanging out, and they're no longer maybe hanging out in this bar, but they may be hanging out with their friends, or they may not be no longer hanging out in this place, or hanging out with their buddies. But they're saying, these are good people, and I love them, but you know something? They're not really saying much about this Jesus that now lives in my heart. 
I'm not, they're, not, they're not saying a whole lot. They're not, they're not really maybe passionate as I was a few weeks back and a couple of months ago when I was jacked up. I, I, man, I tell you, they're not saying much about this. And they begin to scratch their head and they begin to wonder why. Why are they not being more vocal about this? Because, listen, if they really believed in a heaven and hell, wouldn't they tell somebody about it? I got pumped up. Somebody called me the other day and said, Pastor, I went to the gas station. And, and I was in the gas station. Holy Spirit started getting on me and I began to witness and do these things. Listen to me. It's the reason why I believe that God gave us this gift. It's the reason why I feel like the Holy Spirit gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's for this reason, to demonstrate Him, to be His witness, and then take that to a lost and dying world. Now listen, I, I want to get into some stuff for just a minute. I'm going to try to hurry because, I gotta, again, i got a lot to say. What a couple of these words are, and I, and I hope this will give you an understanding and, uh, uh, and get it, help us grasp what's going on here. But as he talks about us becoming and being a witness, the word witness in the Greek, if you'll study it out, Aaron, you're going to like this, is the word martus. Anybody heard that? It's the word martus. It's where we get the word martyr from. Uh, and and it, it's where those who are that we have become to known and get associated with those who have given their life for the gospel. Amen? We had a voice of the martyrs representative come in and begin to share, and I believe it's very important that people make that word known about what's happening in other countries and even right here in America, being persecuted for their faith. But what God was saying when he said that I'm going to give you power to be my witness, to be my martyrs, to be a martyr for me, he was not just talking about you having to physically die a cruel death. He wasn't talking, man, you ain't, if, if you're not a Christian and you become a Christian today, I, I, you ain't having to sign up to get in a pot of boiling water at the end of service and, and we're going to boil you at the stake, none of that kind of stuff. It's not that, but he is saying this, I want to give you power to be a martus, a martyr for me, that you can die for yourself and your plans and your will and live for me. That you'll come to a place to where you'll, you'll, it'll no longer be about your agenda, about what you're called to do. Because I'm telling you, this is what takes place. When you get enclosed with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God begins to come on your life, you'll find yourself in this situation. Every time we go into a more flesh walk and we do a spiritual walk, Bill, we've said some of these things, is this, that, that you don't actually want to really do what maybe you should always do, but the longer you're walking in the Spirit of God, Something inside of us should be rising up and want us to share what has happened in our life with someone else. I believe last week what God showed us and how he just come in and showed us a different side of him. And, and, and as, we, as we pray and people cry, different things begin to happen. And it was just amazing. I believe it's for us to be a witness so that we can go out and now tell others about what we saw. Tell others about what took place here. Because if you've never really encountered a true... and encounter with God, you can't really be a witness for him. And that's what's wrong with a lot of people in the church today. We haven't encountered Christ. We haven't encountered him like we should. But the moment that you do that, the moment that you come into a place where you encounter him, things will automatically begin to change for you. Go to Acts real quick, if you're still there. Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. A little background as you turn. God made the promise. Jesus spoke to him, said there's a promise coming called the Holy Spirit. He shows up. They get to do with power. 
And the little guy we talked about a few weeks back that I briefly hit on, Peter, who was denied Christ, scared in front of a little servant girl, who denied him in front of a, a, a little girl who couldn't even be bold to stand up for his faith in that situation. When the Holy Spirit came into his life and the power of God came upon him, I want you to look for just a moment what took place. First of all, he goes out, and it's in Acts chapter 3, we won't go there, but in Acts 3, he goes, and as they're walking, Peter and John, to church, Amen. I believe that you go to the temple and you go to church when you're spirit-filled. Amen. I believe that's very important. But as they're going there, they pass someone who for 40 years has been on the side of the road and who is lame and who cannot walk and is in that position and been there his entire life. The Bible said they take him out and they lay him at the gate daily. They walk by and he's crying out for money. And they say this, we ain't got the money on us, but we got something else on us. That's what I like about the Holy Spirit. You may not always have the money on you, but you can always have the Holy Ghost on you. Amen. You may not always have a little change in your pocket going jangle, langle, langle, but you can have the Holy Spirit and the power of God always with you. You can be endued with power from on high. You can walk in this gift. You can carry this gift. And they had been with God and they encountered him. And they said this. They said, we don't have this, but we've got this. Now you get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And what happened was he began to get up and he began to leave and he began to run around. And what's incredible about this story is he goes into the town, he shows up and everybody's freaking out about what just took place. Because they saw him these guys for 40 years have passed back and forth and saw this guy sitting there. And now the one they saw sitting there was standing in front of them. It's why he gives us the spirit. It's why he gives us the gift. I, I believe more and more, and as, as the, the sky is getting ready to crack open, that we're going to see more miracles. I believe there's going to be more signs and more wonders follow the believers in this last day, as you said, than any other time in history. And any other time that as we get endued with power, you're not going to be able to just sit there and listen to somebody give you their prayer request without wanting to lay hands on them, and without wanting to impart something on them, and, and, and not be able to just say, oh, I'm going to take and put it on the prayer chain, but while I got you here, let's go ahead and lay hands on this thing, and let's speak some life into this situation right now. We're entering into that place, and it only happens when we get endued with power from on high. Peter and John walked up and said, man, get up. The boldness comes upon you. There's a difference when the Holy Spirit's working in your life. There's a difference when you're in a situation and you're in it by yourself and you know that comforter's with you. You'll say things different. You'll do things different. Things will change. 22% guys of South Carolina are the only ones with us this morning and somewhere worshiping God. It's a work to be done. But as they get back and they see this guy standing up and they see him in this place and, and uh, they're like, man, scratching their heads, wondering what happened. And, and, and Peter comes up and he begins to tell these guys, this is the power of Jesus. This is the power that we've been talking about. This is what happened. He begins to go on and tell them all these things. I don't have time to get into all of it, but go to Acts 4 real quick. I want to show you the difference in the power of the boldness that I'm speaking of today. Peter couldn't get up in front of that little girl around a campfire. And say, yeah, Jesus is my Lord. He couldn't do that. But after the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him, Acts chapter 4. I'm going to skip around to him. Hopefully you can hang with me. He said this in verse 5. These guys were arrested. Peter and John were arrested for what they did. Arrested for doing God's work. And he said this. He said, it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes. And he goes into the list of all those people that were there. This is every religious person you could think of. 
This is all those who judging and, and, and pointing fingers and, 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 and trying to push people down for doing the right things, which we still got them today, man. They're still all around us. And they get up and, they, and, and Peter says this in verse 7. He says, and when they had set them in the midst, in the midst, not just side by side with a little girl, but in the middle, surrounded by all these people pointing fingers at them, in the very midst of these people, they asked, by what power, by what name have you done this? And in verse 8, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we went this day and are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. The stone which was rejected by the builders has become the chief cornerstone. And he says this, and I love it. Laid in the bed, cried thinking about it the other night. He said, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is... No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I love it. I, I, I love the deep things of the Holy Spirit. And the deeper he wants to take me, the deeper I want to go. I love it. But every place he takes me to, he always takes you there to take you back to Jesus. He always gives us these things to take us back to the cross one more time. We can never get away from the things that God has did for us. We can never escape those things. He goes on to say this. He said, and this is what happens. Some of us need this. It says, now when, verse 13, now when they had saw the boldness, somebody say boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained man, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. You, some of us, like me, could use an IQ booster. Some of y'all are geniuses. Praise God for you. We need you in the church. Go out and make, do, do, do great things for God and, and, and use that gift. Amen. I'm, that's not me. But I'm telling you, and it wasn't these guys. But because they had been with Jesus... Because they had been with him, they recognized this. Verse 14 says, And seeing the man who had been healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. They could say nothing against it. And in verse 16 it says, What shall we do with these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them. It is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we can't deny it. What I'm talking about walking in, what I'm talking about sharing and taking to a loss is something that the world's not going to be able to deny. There's going to be a day, and I, I hope it happens before Jesus comes back, but one day Penn's knee will bow. And his tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why not now? And it's going to happen if we as God's people take that message to a world who needs it. And he began to blow their minds. And they went on. And they said this in 19. Peter and John answered after they told him they can't be teaching this thing anymore. You can't be sharing this thing anymore. And it's what happens. The world will try to silence this. It's happening in schools and it's, and it's getting on my nerves. God, Jesus. Wednesday, kids, see you at the poll. Pastor Stephen said this earlier. See you at the poll. Parents, get your kids there. 
If you don't know what it is, talk to this man right here. He'll tell you all about it. Get your kids there. Parents, take opportunity to, to, to start a seat at the poet your work. Do something. Get the word out there. We need to tell others about it. It's a powerful force. But Peter and John answered. If they told them to shut their hole, he said this in verse 19. Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. But for we cannot, cannot but speak the things which we have seen and we have heard. Man, I, I want to get there. I'm working on it. I'm praying. I'm getting there. And as I understand the gift and the Holy Spirit and how it works, I believe we're going to go to a new place. But how awesome. Awesome crap. Praise God. This is killer. This is great. How powerful would it be, though, that if we as God's children begin to tell others about the God that we've seen and that we've heard? Because I can't say, you say, well, I might not have seen a whole... No, you breathe and you've seen something. You've seen a God got you out of bed that day. If you, you come to church, you're hearing some things. You're hearing the Word. We're going to get some good stuff in you and teach you some things. So we're seeing things. You don't have to have a degree on the wall to do this. Peter and John, just full of the Holy Spirit and power and with boldness, changing situations. And after all these things begin to take place, it says they went back and they got together with their people. And in verse 24, it says this. So when they heard that they had raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is within them. It said they got together and they began to lift up the name of God. All the, all the people who had, had, had experienced what Peter and John had been talking about got together in one accord and began to lift him up and begin to do these great things for God. Get down to verse 31 and it says this. And when they had prayed, uh, it's a key word. You better you need to underline that, highlight it. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I've driven this so much. The power of the Holy Spirit is so important because listen to what this word boldness is. It's the word parousia in the Greek. I know it's a long word, but listen to me. That is not a human quality. That's not a character makeup trait. It's not that, well, well Pastor, you have this personality. You can talk. And I was, I was with somebody the other day. I said, man, I don't know how you get up here and talk in front of everybody or whatever. I can't do that. But listen, this, what I'm talking about, is not a personality trait. We can't, use, we can't use any longer when we understand the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't say, well, I just don't do that. You may not get up and get on the stage. You don't have to. How many people do we come in contact around us every day? The, the Holy Spirit and the parasite I'm talking about, it's not a human quality. It, it, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us. And I'm telling you, it can't be described. It can't be said. There's, I've been in situations where I get into somebody, and I believe we should have be trained and have tools of how to witness and have all these things set up. But there's nothing like being in a situation where you begin to talk to somebody, and the power of the Holy Spirit begins to come upon you, and you can't explain it, but you begin to start talking about them. You begin to read their mail, tell them where they're at, and begin to tell them what God can do for them. And right in front of your eyes, you watch their situation begin to change. That can't happen on our own. But when we get up underneath and get in due with the power from on high, we can walk into any situation 
Any situation, every name that's been above, every name has been given to us. That's called the power of attorney. He's given us that name. And he said we can walk in that name. And that's all he's asking us to do. He ain't telling us to get in all the eschatology and, 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 and blow their minds with how much we know or don't know. Just tell them what we've seen. Tell them what we've heard, that Jesus loves them. I can never get away from the story of the blind man who God, who Jesus healed his eyes and, and they want to get into a bunch of questions with him. And he just says this, I don't know all that. I don't even know how it happened. All I know is this, I was blind, now see. That's it. And if we just go into a place and say, well, I was going to hell, now I'm going to heaven. If I was in this place, Jesus turned it around. Man, it's just, I, I don't know, man. I just started going to this church, started hearing about this guy named Jesus. He just began to come into my life. Things are beginning to turn around. That's all we have to do. That's all we have to say. Because all around us, all around us, people are hurting and needing Christ. I gave this to our youth pastor a while back. I don't know if he shared it with them or not. But I want you to take a look at this video real quick. And I want you to watch for just a moment. And I believe, and I know this, this has a youth side to it, this video does. But I believe this about this video. I believe it represents the world what we're dealing with right now. I believe it represents what we're facing today. And how much and how important it is today that we share the When are you going to tell me? When are you going to show me? Are you really just going to keep it to yourself? I mean, sure, we hang out with a completely different crowd and, and listen to different music, but is that really all it takes? What are you scared of? I'm not talking about how you've done it before by judging me. Do you really think judging me is going to make me change? Would it make you change? What I need is for you to pick me up when I'm down. To, to be there. Just be there, you know? There's something missing in me. Sometimes it feels like there's this hole in my heart and nothing I do ever fills it but you found it you have this this thing this person that makes you whole listen to me I need you I need you to walk out of here ready to do whatever it takes no matter the cost show me what unconditional love looks like I mean, stop telling me about this God of yours and show me who he really is. You know, it may not be cool and people may talk and honestly, I'll probably argue with you and when you screw up, I'll probably call you a hypocrite. But don't give up on me. Please, don't give up on me. So let me ask you again. When's it gonna happen?
believe that young lady represents the world that we're dealing with, living in today. <clears throat> Jessica, I love something you said during your testimony. I don't know if she's still in here, but she said, I never spoke to people and talked like I have before I got in this church. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. It's called the Spirit of God giving you boldness to be vocal about what He's done in your life. How awesome would it be if all of us went there? Every one of us went to that place and just began to share with somebody about Jesus. And I love it. She said this. She said, start being this. The young lady in the video. Start being this. Do you understand? That's what Jesus said in the scripture. He said, you're not going to go just do witnessing. I think witnessing nights are good and we should have them and we need to set up more of them. I'm not talking about going out and just sharing a memorized story. But he said this. He said that you will be endued with power from on high and you will be witnesses. It's something you are. It's not something you do. It's something that maybe you do and it flows out of what you are. But he said that you'll be this. And it's what, it's what each of us have inside of us. So we've got to come to a place where the Holy Spirit is released and we begin to let those things out. So I'm going to ask this today, just right where you're standing. Why don't you just bow your heads for a moment, just close your eyes. And, and in just a moment, we're going to have some that are going to come down for special prayer who have some surgeries and different things this week. And, and when they do, if you have a special need, I'm going to ask you to come with them. And, and we're going to pray for those needs that, as we get ready to dismiss. But... This morning, the Jesus that I'm talking about, the love of God that I'm talking about, the Holy Spirit that we've been preaching about for four weeks, five weeks, is real, does love you, and will change you, and will take you to a place from heading down the road into a course called hell, and will take you and set your feet to a place called heaven. That will happen when you give your life to Him. And I want to take a moment before I pray the Holy Spirit and do us and power fall on us. Right now as He's on me, I want to ask this of you. If you're here and you say, I don't know Christ. I don't have a relationship. I'm not a Christian. I'm not a believer. This Jesus you're talking about is not in my heart. However you want to, however you want to term that. If you knew today that if this was the day we talked about, that sky did open up and Jesus did come back and, and, and he did bring home those to heaven who knew him. If you said, I don't know if that's where I would go, you, you can know today. You can know. And if you're here and you say, I don't know that's where I go, but I want to. Pastor, will you pray with me? I want, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right there where you're standing today that's going to change your life. If that's you, just shoot your hand up real quick. I want to pray with you. If that's you, shoot it up. Thank you. Who else? Shoot it up. I just want to pray with you. Anyone else? Shoot it up high. I don't know it. Hallelujah. Say this. Church, pray it with them. Just say, Dear Jesus, I need you. I see that. Recognize that I'm a sinner. And I need you in my life today. I thank you for dying for me on a cross. God, I thank you for raising 
Christ from the dead for me. And I recognize that now. And I accept you as my Lord today. Be with me. Change me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. As your heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I, I, I want to I do this today. If you will say, and you'll join me, and you understanding what I'm talking about today. If you're understanding what we've been, been sharing with you through this word. The importance for us. Oh, man, it's for us. Yeah, it's, man, anything. It is for us to have all these blessings of a counselor, friend, advocate, uh, all these, the guide, all these things that he does for us. You're recognizing that and you see that. But even more than that now, you're saying that he's done this for me so that I can do something for others and give this gift away. And I want to be a witness. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to slide your hand up as high as you can get it. And you say, I want to be a witness for you, Lord. I want to be a witness for you, Father. I want to take this message. Praise God, man. Most every hand should be that way for us. I want to do this now. If you need special prayer, Carol, come on down. Some of you guys, we're going to pray with her. If you need special prayer, we just want to, we want to take a moment and do that right now. Be the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the signs and wonders and the healings and things we've been, we, we, we preach and teach around this place. I think it's going to happen as we do this, take a moment to, to spend in prayer. But if you need special prayer, I want you to step out. And I want you to come down and someone will pray with you. If you have a special need, man, that... that God will do something for you. Jessica, she shared this stuff earlier. It's because we got together, and I, I know it was, because the power of God was moving, and we prayed, and we felt things begin to move in the Spirit. There's miracles in this church today. There's babies that are here. There are lives that are here. All these things that are going on is because we've come together, and we've taken the time and, and put our faith in action and prayed for one another. And if you need special prayer, I'm going to ask you to come, and I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray. Some of you ministers, I want you to come around here if you would. And,